This is April 6th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great day, a great week, enjoying the nice weather. Uh, we'll jump right into things. Uh, this episode, uh, it, it's it's a mix of positives and negatives, which I think is what you like. It, it, it's not that bad. Uh, but we get into uh, a lot of Tuka Rask's injury. I think this is something that uh, Connor and I... We talked a little bit about on Poke the Bear, but I think this is something that needs a little more diving in on, so we do it in this episode. We also get into the new top six, which looks pretty good. The new top six looks pretty good for the Bruins. Um, and then we do a tiny little deadline preview. Obviously, as the trade deadline gets closer, um, we'll do more on that. We'll have more on that. Um, and along those lines, I want to say thank you to everyone for the support. Uh, Bruins Ringside YouTube channel got to 1,000 subscribers. 1,000. Uh, and that was only in a short time. So we, I'm really, really proud and really pumped that the, the community has grown as much as it has over there. Um, and as I, as I've said, I, I've said a lot that we'll do live stuff over there. I mean that. I swear I'm not just saying it so people subscribe. Like we are going to do live stuff. Uh, things have just been very busy, uh, with both Connor and I, uh, the past couple months. But as the playoffs come around and as the calendar turns to May, uh, there will be more live stuff. Um, and I would imagine we'll do more live stuff in the off season. And again, the channel's only a few months old. So it's still like, we're just kind of gaining ground, but it's been a blast. And I'm so happy that, uh, many of you uh, have went over and subscribed and watch our videos and interact with us. It really is awesome. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, another thing, bet online, bet online. Remember them? Fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football, uh, might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL, MLB, we're in full swing. The Red Sox are back. Maybe that's not so good, but they're back. Uh, Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores and odds. It is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. To get that 50% welcome bonus, use the promo code CLNS50 for your welcome bonus with that first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing swell. How you doing? I'm doing well. I just got vaccinated. That's why uh, I was a little late getting on here to record and I uh, just got vaccinated. feel like feels good to be a robot. You know, the government there ships go. inside me. They know where I am. Got, it's got, great. It's great. Got the 5G going. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be radioactive. Uh, but no, it was, it was pretty quick and easy actually. Uh, I got my uh, appointment at like two thirty or two o'clock in the morning. My friends and I were up and we we're like, let's just check the CVS like website to see if there's one near us. And there was. I was like, I drove 30 minutes for it. So it was great. It was very fun. Um, Welcome to the other well, side. Kind of, yeah, kind of like every other shot I've ever gotten. There was nothing cool to it. We just, uh, you know, got a thing. They said, wait 15 minutes. Got to make sure you're okay. And I'm like, all right. So, uh, but yeah, no, it was like, I'm glad to be on, I guess, as you said, on the other side. You're not vaccinated yet, are you? Or are you? Not yet. Ho- hopefully soon. It's coming. It's coming. Um, yeah. Speaking yeah, exactly. of, yes, but uh, so that's good to have that done with i'll get my second one in a month go do it it, it now they opened up the the uh 
the guidelines for uh for people it's it's open to more now so that's kind of how i got to sneak in was i i fit those guidelines now uh but anyways speaking of things that are uh, coming around the bend we'll get to the trade deadline um in a bit later in the show but i want to start uh, on the home front because right now you know th- throughout this season we've talked about the holes on defense we kind of said that at the beginning of the year and that was when we were like the forward depth is great then some injuries happened during the season and the forward depth went to kaputs and now you need a top six forward. Now, I don't know if you're going to get a goalie at this deadline because I don't think that the market is great for it and I don't think it's really worth it. Jonathan Bernier's kicked around. The name's been kicked around a bunch. Not here, but just in general. But Tuka Rask, we talked about this a little bit on Poke the Bear last week, has a real legit nagging injury. And I will say this. Now, Cassidy, when he spoke about it last, said he hasn't responded as well as anybody would like. Um, but <laughs> what scares me the most and what should scare you, the listeners, the most is that Cassidy compared the goalie situation to Kevin Miller. <laughs> that's not great. That's that's not exactly what you're looking for. So is the, what is the deal with this? Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I think you kind of uh, said it yourself where if you compare it to Kevin Miller, who, again, it's not like it's the same severity of the injury right of what Kevin Miller is going through with his knee but in terms of just not having a, a clear-cut timetable and I think maybe the most concerning thing is that it's something that could you know you could spend three weeks rehabbing and getting healthy and all of a sudden you know for Tuca as a goalie you, you lunge the wrong way and all of a sudden you're kind of back at square one that very well could be the case especially where it's something like this where it it looks like it's a you know a back issue um, or you know soft tissue or something like that where even if you work your way back, it all it takes is just one kind of mishap to, you know, uh, find yourself kind of back on the shelf. So not great for the Bruins, obviously with your number one goaltender, uh, to say the least. Um, now, does it affect what they do at the deadline? Uh, I mean, I still think you, you can't operate on the assumption of, you know, playing scared that, you don't know what Raz is going to look like in May and June if you get to that point, right? I think you still have to kind of go for it. Um, it's a tougher situation now where as of, uh, you know, Monday, Yaroslav Halak is now on COVID-19 protocols. So uh, you're pretty much going with Dan Vladar and Jeremy Swimming right now, which uh, not ideal. Granted, Dan Vladar has played very, very well. Even the one game he lost, uh, I think he more than held his own. The team didn't really show up for that game except for him. Um, but again, you kind of look at this week, right? This is a, a critical week for the Bruins. You play three games against the Flyers who are four points behind you. If you keep on kind of this run you have against them, you could not bury them, but you could really separate yourself and build yourself quite a bit of breathing room there for that final spot in the East Division. And you got two games against the Capitals who are kind of the cream of the crop of the East right now. So it's not great that you could, if Halak has to miss a couple of games, you could have only Vladar and Swimming for those uh, kind of key matchups. But um, in terms of Rast, though, it's not ideal. I mean, he was on the ice on Monday before practice started. But again, it's tough to really kind of map out where he's at. And even when he, you know, like, you know, let's say by the end of this week, uh, he practices. That's great. But it's not like it's uh, I think we talked about this on poke the bear. It's not like it's like a, you know, a, a, a break or, or something like that where they're back on the ice. They're on their way back. Right. Like Jeremy Swimming broke his hand. Like he's back on the ice. He's getting closer. There's not going to be any setbacks other than rust. You mean Lazon, a, right? Uh, who did I say? 
Swayman. I was like, what? Swayman. Swayman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yikes. Uh, but yeah, so it was on. But so for that situation, right, where you've got um, a situation where for Rass, where it's a, a muscle injury, again, he can be practicing, everything's going great. He's in a game, plays well. Next day, who knows, right? So March it, it's 25th. a tough spot to be in. Yeah, it's a tough spot to be in for, for the Bruins, for sure. So what you mentioned there is exactly the thing. It, it, obviously, I don't think they're getting a goalie at the deadline. I don't think as Petrov and Maguire continues to say, go out and get Jonathan Quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's happening. But I do think that where it affects them at the deadline is how all in you go. Because um, heading into the season and kind of heading up to Rask's injury, it was go out and get a top four defenseman, go out and get a top six forward. If you have to give up first this year, like not ideal, but you got to do what you got to do to try to win now, extend the window. The same things we've been saying for many years now. Um, but uh, where it does affect them, obviously, is that if Rask is out, if Rask is out and you know that he's not going to be healthy for the playoffs, do you want to sacrifice those first round picks for uh, a goaltending tandem of Halak and Vladar again? Um, do you really think that, a, you know, Halak who can't even play back-to-back nights is going to take you to the Stanley Cup? Um, do you think that Dan Vladar, do you think Jeremy Swayman, like, could, are these guys going to get hot? Now, we'll see now with a lock on the shelf, potentially with COVID. Uh, maybe this is where we see Vladar or Swayman get really hot. And you think, oh, maybe they could be the, the starter. Maybe they could be, as I said, on Poke the Bear. I hate to say it. I, I don't want to say it, but the Jordan Binnington of this mm-hmm. team. Probably nicer guys, though. That's, that's the key. Of course. Um, but it doesn't take much. Doesn't, it doesn't take much. <laughs> this water, this glass of water might be nicer. Um, but I do think that it does affect how all in they go. Um, and as you said, especially with these games against the Flyers, like if you choke all over yourself in these games, then you might not be doing anything at the deadline. Uh, and I don't think they're going to be sellers either. I don't think this is going to be like a team that sells. I think if, no. if anything, you'll see kind of what they did in 15, 16, that era where they kind of, did like minor moves, which is going to piss everybody off. You know that everybody is going to be pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, as as we, we've said all along, Bobby Ryan and Mark Stahl, you got the two right there. You're going to transform your whole team with those guys right there. Um, before we get into like more deadline stuff, I do want to discuss a little more optimistic. The new top six, the new top six looks all right. Um, uh, I, I was, I believe it was during Thursday's game, that stinker against the Penguins. The Cassidy kind of rolled this out and then he did it on Saturday against the Penguins again when they won seven five and it looked good. We'll see how it looks Monday night. Uh, it already happened, uh, against the Flyers, but, uh, Marshawn Bergeron, Smith, Richie, Krejci, and, uh, and Pasternak. Now we, I will give us credit. We have been saying for so long to put Pasternak down with Krejci. We've been, we, we've said this forever. So maybe we can use that as a prediction that we got right. They're like, oh, we were, we were right about we'll that. Even that. Though, I, think, I, think, I think we need, I mean, we need some W's at this point. So we're taking anything we can get, but does this have staying power? Uh, for, I mean, for right now, again, this is at least a step in the right direction, right? Cause we've seen this multiple times where they've done like in-game switches and it looks great and then it doesn't last. At least we're getting back-to-back games where they're starting with this group, um, which works out pretty well. Um, but no, I think you have to be encouraged, especially I think the fact that Smith is doing well with Marshan and Bergeron shouldn't be surprising. I think granted the numbers are like startling in terms of how good they've been, I think. So they're uh they've outscored opponents five to one. I think shots on goal is like thirty to twelve when they're on the ace, and that's only in like thirty one minutes of five or five ice time. So uh it's not just that they're doing well, they're 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 crushing their matchups right now. Uh but when you look at that, right? we've talked about this multiple times before. 
I think you put any competent winger with Marshan and Bergeron, you're probably going to do pretty well, right? Um, and granted, Smith, I think, fits extremely well in that spot. He's a shot first guy who's, you know, strong uh, in board battles and does the finer details, gets pucks down low. Um, Good foot speed. Yeah, I mean, he does everything well that kind of fits with that line. But I think when you've got those two guys next to you, it also makes it easier for him as well. So, I mean, I could see a situation where they keep him on that line. There's going to be a lot of soft areas of the ice where he's going to find himself uh, in good shooting lanes. And, uh, I mean, I don't think the guy's ever found an angle that he doesn't want to take a shot from. But I think he's going to find probably a lot more grade-A chances if he just hovers around the net, especially with Martian and Bergeron with him. So that line... Uh, maybe a bit surprised in terms of how good they've been, but them being a a fully functioning, effective first line shouldn't be a surprise. What has been encouraging, I think, is that second line getting going because I was shocked looking at the numbers before that that Saturday game, but Krejci and uh, Pasternak have played together for, I think, 53 minutes together this year entering that game, and they had zero goals. It was, I think, the Bruins outscored 2 nothing when those two guys are on the ice, which it's not ideal especially because they've had a pretty good track record in the past. Um, so to have them break out uh, that line to contribute two goals, um, Richie, I think, uh, you know, made his presence felt as well. I mean, he was, the, I think, directly set up both the Pasternak's goals there. Um, so I think that's encur- that's probably the most encouraging thing is you got that line going. Um, Krejci, who was in a bit of a rut for a little bit, I think is now, I think like 22 points in 29 games this year. So he's, he's still plugging along. Obviously Pasternak breaks through with two goals, both on even strength, which is very encouraging. And, you know, it's not like Richie's kind of like the, the guy who's just kind of standing around the net, you know, making, you know, making space down low. He's actually contributing. He's, he's finding guys in great A spots. So, so far so good for this team. Um, hopefully they can kind of keep it rolling against uh, Philly, who it's kind of been on a downward spiral. Granted, Katahat did play a lot better in his first game back from kind of taking that break, but he's not had a good time against the Bruins. So if the, if this top six is, you know, is able to keep on kind of, um, you know, flexing their muscles and keep on kind of leading the charge again, it's not great that the Bruins are relying on their top six to kind of build them out. But at this point, based on how often on this team's scoring has been, I think Bruins fans will take this right now, right? Yeah. You will take, seven goals. You don't want five goals against as it was against Pittsburgh, but if you're getting this kind of production from your big guns, keeping you afloat right now, I think that's all they're looking for right now. They just need to find some way to kind of string these wins together, which has not been the case for six weeks now. So, Well, we said, I remember you saying specifically that this was how we expected them to win games at the beginning of the season was these seven, five crazy kind of games that they have against the Rangers every year where you know, the kids on defense, but the experience is up front and you get a bunch of goals, but you give up some in the process. Um, and obviously some of those were Halak's fault. I mean, that, that fifth one that he gave up to Crosby, oh, Crosby. was, yeah, it was, not was heinous. I mean, that was, that was terrible. Um, speaking of Crosby, how about that flop? Uh, and I've been getting, this is another thing, you know, this when you have a tweet that does pretty well, uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of controversial. You have people fighting in the mentions for days, for Gosh. days, for days. Um, and what's funny is I think some people thought that I didn't see the stick hit Crosby. Like I, I totally oh, yeah. did. Cause I, I mean, the, he, was, the, he was definitely hit in the face. However. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, but the, it's funny in the gif, the white handle almost blends in with yeah. the background. So I think some people replied, like, how did he even get hit? And I want to be like, no, he got hit. Like no one's doubting he got hit. He totally got hit. But I mean, come on, dude. Like it doesn't hurt that bad. Like it doesn't hurt enough to just go. Like you got shot. 
around, like the wider angle where it's Jared McCann getting like, his nose removed. If you yeah. Watch the back, yeah. Sort of clocks him right in the face with it, and that doesn't get called, which is hilarious. Meanwhile, like, Crosby looks like he got shot in the face. Yeah. That was a lot, much less like, egregious one. Like, Jared McCann had like a legitimate cry to be pissed, and they had no call. But also, Bergeron got hit as well, so. Everybody got high. When, when that got called, I was like, ah, this game's gonna get tied. Like, this is just, uh, this, you know, that's gonna happen, so. Well, what's funny is I didn't notice the McCann hit to the face, and I tweeted the gif of with McCann in it, and I didn't notice it, even though it was front and center, until I watched it for like the 50th time or whatever, when someone replied and said, like, it should have been McCann who got, uh, it should have been Krejci who got the penalty. I was like, what? And then I watched it, I was like, oh my god, like, it's right in front of your face, you didn't even see it. So, um, that is, uh, Oh wow, the Jets just traded Sam Darnold. <laughs> I just got that <laughs> notification. So yeah, well, let's get right into the deadline. We'll we'll kind of discuss uh quickly uh sort of some new developments. Uh obviously the deadline's a week away now. A week away. Craziness that that is a week away from now, April twelfth. Um but Kyle Palmieri's agent tweeted uh it was his agent, correct? I believe um, so. Yeah. That that tweeted he was basically gonna be taken out of the lineup because uh, he assumed that he was gonna get traded. Um, I hope I'm getting the tweet. I'm pulling it up now to make sure I have that right. But that is essentially what he said. Um, let me find the tweet. I got it right here. Uh, can confirm that Kyle Palmieri is being held out of Devil's lineup today in anticipation of a trade in the coming days or weeks. Now the Bruins have been involved with Palmieri before they were last year. Now this year they are, I would assume going to be involved considering they have the same needs. Uh, top six right wing. <laughs> have you heard that before? Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, Palmieri. Uh, would be an interesting target. Would be an interesting guy because it would take less to get him than last year because his value is lower due to being a pending UFA. And also, he's not really having that great of a season. Um, and he's playing the Bruins. Yeah, unless he's playing the Bruins. Played the Bruins every game this season. He had like 50 goals. But, um, you know, if he's on the Bruins, then I guess he, unless he's putting it in his own net. Uh, but another guy is Taylor Hall. And we've said this a bunch of times. That's another guy. So, Given what we've said about the goaltending, given what we've seen with the team, now obviously we'll, we'll see more tonight or Monday night. We will have seen more Monday night. Do you think it is still worth it to go for the Palmieri's and the Taylor Halls of the world? Not oh, both, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah, I think they need at least one more legitimate, you know, maybe middle six is the best way to describe it, right? Because I think in a perfect situation still, let's say they uh, keep the, this top six together for the rest of the year. Uh, I still think a guy like Charlie Coyle, who you desperately need to get going, would probably welcome having a guy like Paul Mary uh, on his right side or, uh, you know, a guy like Connor Garland, who who knows even if Arizona is selling now, they could be in the same boat as Arizona or, or as uh, Nashville, where they're not selling because they've won six out of eight because the Blues are plummeting. I could see that one coming. But, um, but you kind of look at uh, who could be available and – maxing out kind of the potential of this forward core. I still think we need at least some, some guy to help out on that, uh, on that coil line. So whether it be you get someone who slots in with, you know, you could put Smith back down with coil and see, you know, see how that works with that third line. You could go uh, with Pasternak, uh, put him back in his usual spot. There's a whole bunch of different ways you can go with it. But I think when you look at this forward core, you have to be encouraged what you see from this top six, but you could always be better, right? Like Zach Sunishin's an intriguing guy, but would you rather have Zach Sunishin? Would you rather have Paul Mary or Garland or one of these guys? Like, I think it's 
pretty clear if they're going for that you you need at least one more competent you know veteran guy who can finish plays which is what that third line especially has been lacking quite a bit um so I, I mean again we've talked about this multiple times i think you need to get a defenseman and a forward who's the defenseman that's a lot tougher because i don't think Combs is getting moved now at this point but um I think it's about identifying areas where you can fix, uh, you know, obvious holes in the lineup and making most of the assets available to you. So whether that's, you know, trading, uh, you know, a guy like Palmieri, who's a UFA or, and getting, you know, uh, uh, Alexiak or someone from Dallas, who's another UFA or, you know, it's finding just where the value is. I think ideally they'd like to get guys with term like a Gallen, but I just don't know how feasible that is now at this point. So Again, a lot can change. I think this, how the Bruins do this week against the Flyers and Capitals might kind of determine just how in they go in terms of uh, how aggressive they are at the deadline. And again, if Arizona bottoms out or uh, Nashville bottoms out or, you know, they've got injuries, everything can change, right? A team can go into the deadline, you know, the day before not wanting to sell anything. And all of a sudden you kind of hit judgment day or zero hour and you have to make a call um, and it can change. So, I expect the Bruins to be, you know, definitely in. They're one of the few teams that can kind of take on contracts, but um, it's all going to, I think, come down to who's, you know, takes two to tango and who's going to be available uh, and willing to negotiate with the Bruins on deals because um, I think it's going to be tough. You're not going to see a a crazy trade deadline, but for the few buyers that are going to be out there, they're going to be clamoring for only so many guys that are up for grabs. Yeah, and that's just going to jack the prices up. Another one's Alex Edler. Uh, Fluto mentioned this uh you know, from the Canucks on D, Alex Edler. But again, the Canucks are going through that whole COVID thing. Yeah. That... So you're going to be able to get him. Like, can you get him here in time for him to make any impact? So um, I don't think he's driving for Vancouver. <laughs> um, nope. But that's why this deadline's so tricky. Um, and again, like, you look at the division. I mean, you just look inside, the, you know, their own division. Um, you know, let's say you go out and get Palmieri and Alexiak or Palmieri and Edler. Does that put you past the Capitals? Does that put you past the Islanders? Does that put you past the Penguins? Like, obviously, every team can go on a run. You know, when you get to the playoffs, any team kind of can do that. But is this has this team given you any idea they're going to go on a run, even with those two pieces? I I don't know, especially with Rask's injury uh, that he's currently dealing with in net. Like, you know, if Halak has to go in, do you trust Halak to get them past any of those guys? guys like, no, not really. So that's why I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, not much happened, you know, if they go out and they get a Bobby Ryan or a low cost kind of fit for, you know, to be like, Hey, we did something, but we just didn't feel that it was, you know, all in. It is crazy though, to see uh, Chara is, you know, 20 minute a nighter for a first place team who would have seen that one coming. Um, But at any rate, uh, that is the deadline talk. We'll do it probably more deadline stuff on poke the bear. We'll do stuff later in the week. Um, What can the people look forward to it from you at BSJ? Uh, with uh, trade deadline stuff. Yeah, we're going to be uh, looking at a few other uh, potential targets for the Bruins to make. Uh, this weekend, we dropped one looking at kind of rental uh, defensemen like Alexiak, um, you know, like Goligoski over in uh, Arizona, uh, a few other guys like that. So probably looking at Paul Mary a little bit closely because it seems like he's only a couple of days away from getting traded. I'm waiting for the day that we do a podcast and news breaks in the middle of it. Because uh, I know Waiting. it's going to one of these days. Um, so we'll be looking at a few other trade scenarios. Obviously, as I said, things can change day to day based on how a team's looking, uh, their overall outlook on the season. So 
be breaking all that down over at BSJ. So subscribe over at bostonsportsjournal.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Told you all that. It is my dream as well, by the way. This, um, you know, we can sit here and be like, oh, the Bruins just traded for Kyle Palmieri. Uh, let's yeah. break it down. Like that'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. But of course, just not the case. Uh, instead, Sam Darnold gets traded. Uh, yes. I guess yeah, we got the same Darnold. That's what we got. We, we got that. We can break that down on a separate video. But at any rate, that is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You, Bruins, be listeners. Have a great rest of your week.